Hi, and welcome to episode 14 of that podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Bo. And we um, we don't have a particular theme except for welcome to 2015 and Happy New Year, Bo, and what we're going to be doing this year, I think. Is that right? Yep, yep. Happy New Year to you, too. And I think we're just going to talk a little bit about our plans for, for the coming year. Yeah. Now, um, there's something to be said for not waiting until January to do these kinds of things. Um <laughs> But I think it's a good excuse for a lot of people, and it does shift people. Um, there is a there is a special there is a lot build up towards things like uh, the holidays and Christmas. Um, so to get that out of the way and then start afresh, I think is actually a good idea. But yet, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't necessarily wait until the beginning of a year to do to make changes to your life. But hey ho. So, um, the first thing I was going to talk about that I've made changes a little bit of health things. Um, I didn't. I didn't really. Well, I didn't. I, I didn't really overdo it at Christmas. Um, so when I was younger, I'd definitely be going out. You know, uh, doing a lot of drinking and stuff. Uh, we didn't do that this year. I didn't really drink all that much at home or anything like that either. It was usually maybe a couple of glasses of wine with dinner, and then one or two beers. But that would be at tops. Um, but I did. And I, I didn't eat way too much, but. I definitely enjoyed the festivities a little bit. So after all that, like a lot of people, I'm on a health drive. Um, in our community, there's actually a thing going on. What is the name, Bo? Is it? It was PHP's Biggest Loser, right? But I think they're changing the name. Yeah, it's uh, it was a uh, the Twitter hashtag is Biggest Loser PHP 15. Right. Uh, but <laughs> at some point, uh, this uh, at some point, someone started using the hashtag Thin the Herd. <laughs> Right. Oh, so they're not changing the name. I thought that was. I I don't know if they are. I I I maybe missed it in one of the emails about that. But yeah, it's that a lot of people are using both hashtags now. So I'm not right. exactly sure uh, which one. I know the official one started out being the biggest loser. Biggest PhD, loser. Yeah. But <laughs> so I didn't. Uh, I didn't sign up for that, but I am effectively going to great lengths to uh, improve the way I'm eating, improve what I'm eating. Uh, start doing more exercise and initially i want to lose a few pounds um i mentioned on irc in our channel the other day uh i'd like to maybe lose about 20 pounds of fat and put back on 10 pounds of muscle because I, mm. I feel pretty weak um i don't play any competitive sports at the minute but i used to do a lot i used to play uh five-a-side football I used to play uh, field hockey. Um, I don't know if you play that much in America, but it's not massively common in this country, but I played it for about, well, nearly 20 years, so I, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And I used to do quite a bit of martial arts as well. Um, and I've never been very strong. I've never been super fit, but I definitely feel frail compared to uh, a former self. So I want to get on that as well. So lose 20 pounds of muscle. Sorry, lose 20 pounds of fat. Try and put on 10 pounds of muscle. That might be quite a... An audacious goal for 2015, but we'll see. I think losing the the uh, losing weight, I, I don't have too much of a problem with. I know I can do that. It's just uh, you know getting to. I'm gonna have to get to a gym to start lifting some weights. I think, yeah, which, which might be difficult. Yeah, it's uh, the the thing that I found that I've enjoyed the most um, exercise wise over the last two or three years has been running, um, and I sort of got out of that this last year. So I'm, I'm hoping I can get back to that again. Uh, Beck's excited to sign up for uh, a 10K and a half marathon again this year. 
So right now we're talking about um, possibly doing a a 10K in Fargo, North Dakota in May, I believe. And then uh, we're thinking about doing um, the Madison Half Marathon, which was, um, we, we did a half, our very first half marathon was five days after we moved to Wisconsin. So uh, we, we basically got off the truck, unloaded the truck, and two days later we ran our first half marathon in our new uh, like like half an hour from where we lived at the time. So uh, we're thinking about doing that again. Um, we, we both ended up kind of overdoing it that, that year. Uh, we did two half marathons kind of back to back. There was, there was about two or three weeks between them. Um, and the second one, we, well, I, I for sure hurt myself doing that. Um, and then we did a, a 10K after, and I, I basically had to walk the last mile <laughs> because uh, my knee was was kind of messed up. And ever since then, I've sort of been out of commission um, and I haven't done a whole lot of running. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying to ease back into that again this year. The The problem I have is I don't do well on treadmills. Do you ever, have you ever run on a treadmill? Um, I have, but it is a rare thing. Um, if I'm, if I'm going to use, I usually use an elliptical strider if I'm going to do mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, when I was a real regular at the gym, uh, they had an indoor running track, um, and I think it was about 250 meters. Mm. Uh, so that literally went round the gym. Um, yeah. And I'd rather go on the running track than on the treadmill. Um, but I think the nice thing about the treadmill is they had uh, TVs up in the gym and they usually had the sports channels on. So I could go to the gym and watch football while just lightly jogging, which was nice. Yeah. But then at the same time, they also had the elliptical striders or the bikes. And I'd prefer to go on something with a little less impact for my knees and things yeah. uh, than a treadmill. Um I'm not a big yeah. runner anyway, um, but yeah, I'd, I'm not overly keen. I'd use it if I had one, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I I was never really very comfortable on them, so I'd, I'd prefer just to run outside. But yeah. it's been snowy and icy now, and I don't feel like starting running at this point in the middle of in, in the middle of winter is really going to be good for me. So I, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to play out, but um, that is definitely on our plans to try to do that. Uh, we, we both actually signed up for the the biggest loser community thing, so uh, we're, we're we're looking forward to that. I don't know what Code Rabbi is going to have as far as uh, a website, but apparently we're going to have something in the next couple next week or two, um, like a leaderboard sort of thing to see how people are going. Uh, so far, I've I have lost um, some weight from when when I started, but the the last week's been pretty rough. Um, both uh, both Beck and Luke were kind of sick haven't been feeling well so um any anytime anytime we don't feel well uh collectively uh we get a little lazier around eating <laughs> so uh whatever is easiest to do uh fast food or whatever and it's really really awful because we we don't want to do that anymore but it's just really difficult if any any number of our family is sick and then if there's you know two people at the same time it's just easier to just eat whatever instead of taking the time to, to, to make something healthy. Uh, but yeah. Becca has been doing a, uh, a lot of nice stuff anyway. She, she made a juice this morning. She did some like vegetable and fruit juice thing with the juicer. She's been doing, making a lot of smoothies for us and a lot of salads. And she's been experimenting quite a bit with some, um, uh, different types of recipes and things like that for, uh, for us to try out. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but it's, it's getting a little slower start than we kind of had hoped for. Uh, just because it's you know we haven't been feeling very well. Yeah, I know I, I get that totally. Um, mm-hmm. one of the things that I didn't really appreciate until I had children was um, you know, at times getting them to eat can be difficult, and when they're poorly, 
you just want to get them to eat and you'll do anything, to, <laughs> you know, because because you, they need the food, you know, if they've got these, um, back, if, if they've got a virus, they need, their bodies need the uh, calories to fight the virus and stuff. So mm. it's kind of like, we'll put something reasonably healthy in front of them, but you know, if they flat out refuse to eat it and just want ice cream, then you're just like, <laughs> we don't yeah. fight, we don't fight as hard. You know, mm. when they're poorly, you're just like, okay, eat the ice cream, just eat it, you know? Uh, yep. <laughs> but yeah, we've been doing quite well. Rebecca's doing the same. Um, Rebecca's had, uh, Rebecca had, um, like well, we all had a tummy bug, but it seemed to affect Rebecca a lot more, and she lost about fourteen pounds doing that. Wow! Um, and since then, she doesn't really want to. At the minute, she doesn't really want to lose any weight. She just wants to get healthier and do more exercise and get fitter. Um, mm-hmm. But I do need to lose weight. Um, I've lost about four pounds, um, so I'm quite happy with that. It's nice and steady. Well, it's two pound a week, which is like nice weight weight loss for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to keep up with that. Really, I've. I think this this weekend's going to be of a be, be the first test because um, we're, we're at a friend's wedding tomorrow, um, and it's um it's about just over a couple of hours drive from here. So we're actually going to leave the kids uh, with Rebecca's mum and dad. Uh, so that means me and Rebecca will be down there. Uh, we've got a hotel booked for tomorrow night, so we'll be you know going to the ceremony at midday. Then we'll be back for the wedding breakfast, and they'll be drinking lots of eating. So I'll have to do a bit of dancing to work the uh, calories off, and uh, <laughs> we'll see how I get on. Nice. But yeah, I mean, we've been doing the same, experimenting with a few new recipes and things. Um, and it's working out fine. It's not been that difficult. The kids, generally, our kids seem to be pretty good with food so far. We haven't hit any major roadblocks in terms of things they won't eat. And quite often they're quite contrary. So we'll put, if you put, so, you know, a meat, uh, a carbohydrate and two vegetables on the plate in front of them, one night they'll eat this and this. And then the next night, if you put the same meal in front of them, they'll eat the other half that, you know, um, so, I, but we don't really have any complaints. Yeah, Luke's actually having issues with onions, um, mm. and uh, on at least Beck's side of the family, there are a couple of people. Um, her brother is allergic to onions. All right, um, and uh, one of her sisters. I don't know if she's actually allergic to like cilantro, or she just really, really, really dislikes it. Um, so we, it wouldn't be unheard of for him to actually have some sort of physical reaction to onions but it does make it a little difficult because anything that looks like an onion can cause him to not want to eat right. something that otherwise he would look at and say oh that looks really good <laughs> yeah um, what is cilantro you know i'm not sure and that's that's why i was never really sure if that was actually related in some way to onions because sometimes weird weird vegetables and plants are related to each other in ways that i never would have Oh, I, I, before. I, I actually thought cilantro was a herb rather than a vegetable. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, I, I, really... I think we'd call it coriander. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I might be wrong, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so he, he'll, um, you know, we'll, we'll put, kind of like you're saying, we'll put something down in front of him one day, and the next day he'll look at it, and if he sees something that looks like an onion, he'll refuse to eat it yeah. or eat around it, and it's like, well... You know, it's and we we'll have him try it, try onions every once in a while. Like, okay, we'll try this one, and he'll like, oh yeah, that's good, and then he's fine with it. But something at some point in his in his uh, mind set up that if it looks like it has onions in it, I don't want to eat it. So, um, which is kind of a bummer because 
both Beck and I like onions quite a bit. Like we'll throw them in a lot of dishes just to add a little extra flavor or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh no, I, we have onions in everything. Um, yeah. I think well, Evie especially has defaulted to not liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says it before she's, she's even tried it. I don't like mm-hmm. it. And you kind of have to talk <laughs> her into trying it. Yeah. Uh, but there's some, um, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but there's some weird statistic that, um, kids have to try things eight times before they can actually make a, a decision about whether they like it or not. Mm. So, so the first seven times you give it to them and they say, I don't like it. That might not necessarily be true. Uh, right. You have to keep going until uh, the mm. eighth time, at which point if they still don't like it, they probably just don't like it. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting stat. I haven't heard that before, but that yeah. sounds it could about be, right. could be an old mother's <laughs> tale but, or an old yeah. wife's tale. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think of uh, what other things I've been doing. Oh, um, drinking more water. That's been mm-hmm. a real big one for me. I'm terrible um, at drinking and keeping hydrated. Um, once I get in the zone, if I don't have a drink within reach, then I'm unlikely to sacrifice being in the zone to go get a drink. Um, mm-hmm. Rebecca will drink water all day, like you know, which is good for you. Um, mm-hmm. And the kids as well are pretty good. Rowan's excellent. Um, Evie, again, she's a bit contrary. Some days we have to literally tell her you need to be drinking a bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so in terms of a habit, I've set myself a habit of having to drink at least uh, a liter a day, and so far I've managed to do that throughout January. It's been fairly easy going, simply because I've got a big bottle uh, that's actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did have cordial in, so it's 1.25 litres, and mm. all I do is fill it up on a night, put it in the fridge, and get it out in the morning, and yeah. make sure I drink all of that, and it's not particularly dif- difficult at all. And I'm still drinking tea and coffee, as I, I would normally as well, uh, just with water as well, so I mean, I'd, I'd literally say I'm drinking at least an extra litre of water a day to what I was doing uh, in December, so it's got to nice. be good for me. Yeah, at the the risk of sounding a little crass, I was going to say, if you're drinking enough water, you'll get out of the zone. <laughs> it, 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 well, it, yeah, but nature will help you out. <laughs> yeah, um, but to be honest, is like my the literally the toilet is like like, like ten feet from where I'm sat, so yeah. I can pretty much quickly get in and out and then back in yeah. the zone quick enough. It's going to because I, I I live in a townhouse, so I've got, I have two flights of stairs to go to the kitchen, mm-hmm. so. By well, the time by the time I'm down there, I'm definitely out the zone. Yeah. So f- for me, I I have to go upstairs to get more water, but I also have to go upstairs to get the bathroom. So the the, the pattern that I've been using to help me is I usually take the water bottle up when I have to go to the bathroom, and yeah. then you know fill it up because you're in the bathroom anyway, or you're you're in the kitchen by the kitchen. Um. So yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, yeah. I, uh, I I've noticed that as I ramp up my water intake, that I, I end up taking a lot more little breaks throughout the day, which is Good to not keep me sitting down for five hours straight, but yeah, also good for you, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm I'm using one of the habit apps. Um, I think it's called Habit Bull on my phone. I use to track the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I also set myself a habit of um, doing fifty press uh, press ups a day. Um, mm-hmm. which started really badly because it was the first time I'd done it in ages, and I spent two days quite sore chest, uh, and even my uh, my shoulders were touch touch sore, uh, sore as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since then, um, after that initial bit of saunas, uh, I started going. Now, I haven't done it every day like I have with the water, um, but I've definitely been doing quite well with it. Um, I'm also rolling that into 
um, a 15 minute workout routine um, from I think it was from uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's website um, just body weight exercises so squats uh, press ups planks hmm. star jumps um, leg raises and uh, reverse lunges uh, just doing a little circuit of those it only takes 15-20 minutes but it's hmm. something that uh, you know that I'm I'm doing something which counts I'm also jogging, but it's mine's, my jogging is really light jogging. Um, when I take the dog out, basically, I'm jogging while I'm doing that, but it's mixed mm-hmm. in between, you know, playing with him, telling him to get out of ditch, things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not taking it seriously. Rebecca, when Rebecca runs, she has, um, you know, uh, Runkeeper or one of those apps running, you know, so she's timing herself mm-hmm. and trying to improve her times and things because she's a, I think she's booked herself in for a 10k hmm. in June. In June, yeah. So she's in training, uh, whereas I'm just trying to get a bit bit of exercise. Yeah, yeah. On the on the habit app side of things, um, I've I've kind of taken on the whole Seinfeld calendar sort of thing. Not not breaking the chain. I didn't actually use a calendar. I just decided to create a horizontal list of dots. So I set up four categories for myself to to try and i actually did really well for i'd have to count the dots i'd say for about maybe two and a half weeks three weeks mm. um i did i did really 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 well i was super excited um the last two days have been really hard for various reasons um so <laughs> it's kind of all fallen apart uh, i had a i had a 20 day duolingo streak for french that officially broke uh two night uh i didn't do it yesterday and I think it was the day before was the first day that I hadn't done it. Um, so I had done really well for quite a while. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, I think after Benelux, uh, which I'll maybe talk about a little later, uh, after I get back from Belgium, I'll probably get back on it again and start over. But I th- found it really exciting to be able to have something like that that would just keep reminding me, uh, you know, these are the things I need to do. Uh, I did them all yesterday. I can do them all today. You know, I, I was getting really good at making sure that I would do those things at night before I would go to bed just to make sure that they got done if they hadn't been done already. So I thought that was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, we're also doing something similar with fruits and vegetables. Um, so uh, we have a little thing on our fridge now that Beck put together that has, I think it's two fruits and three vegetables. So there's little circles that we get to fill in as we, as we eat them. And Luke's involved too. So we have, uh, we have a little purple crayon up there that he's using to, to fill them in for us so that we can say, okay, we got to make sure we get all our veggies and all our fruits today. And so he'll go in and help. And, you know, he's actually uh, a couple of times said, Hey, we have to eat more fruit because we need to fill in our circle or, you know, it's been kind of fun to see him get excited about that as well. So we're, we're trying to make it a, a, a family thing to try and eat better and try to eat more vegetables and fruit and just yeah. generally live more healthy. I like that idea. Um, we we have to um, curb how much fruit our kids eat because mm. they will eat so much. Uh, Rowan especially absolutely loves any kind of fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, vegetables they do okay, but it's you know it's hit and miss. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. Just <laughs> brought me a cup of tea. Nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, we could probably do with that as in. Look, you're allowed these two or three bits of fruit a day, then the rest you have to do with vegetables. Um I'm I'm absolutely the opposite. I'm I'm not bothered about fruit. I quite like fruit, but I don't get excited about it. I'd rather eat vegetables, mm-hmm. uh so I I'm the other way around. And it's probably better for me because I don't 
get I don't take quite as much sugar on by eating the vegetables. So yeah, but yeah, I've been snacking. I, I I must have eaten like a a bag of carrots every week because I just <laughs> you know when I go if I go down to make a cup of tea, I quite often just grab a carrot. Yeah, and then just eat that as a snack. Um, nice. And the yeah. thing is, really, I actually quite enjoy them. And I could have a biscuit, but I'm not actually that fussed. Once I get into this mindset, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can enjoy healthy food. It just takes a little bit more effort sometimes, that's all. Yeah. I mean, last what? night we had a, was the first, what I consider to be unhealthy meal we've had in January, or very unhealthy. Mm. We had a, we had fish and chips, so. Mm. Yeah. But still, you know, once every... I, I'm a big proponent of a cheat meal every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. What kind of uh, martial arts did you do in the past? So, I I did a lot of traditional jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've done uh, just sort of gener- general submission wrestling and a tiny bit of karate, but nothing too interesting in terms of karate and I didn't do it a lot hmm. um, yeah I used to be really into martial arts and I, I was I was especially I got really interested in uh, mixed martial arts uh, when it first started um, I was buying UFC videos on VHS and uh, it was weird <laughs> um, to see so it was weird that I kind of like my interest sort of started waning uh not so much because I lost interest in it, but I just got more interested in other things, really. Mm. Uh, and then uh, the Ultimate Fighter, the reality TV show, like really brought it into the mainstream, and it's huge now um, in terms of sport and TV and things. Mm-hmm. And I'm less interested in it now. So way back when, it was hard for me to find people to talk to, especially <laughs> in my group of friends or you know in the area yeah. that knew about it. Um, and now it's like everyone else is talking about it, and I, I don't know who the I don't know who they're talking about. I don't know what events are going on. So I, yeah. mm-hmm. so I haven't done any match. I'd like to try again at some point, do some, but um, it's one of those things where I feel like you really need to commit to martial arts. It's not like the gym. Like, no, you need to commit to going to the gym if you want to get healthy. But mm-hmm. if you want to do something like a martial art, you need to commit to going week on week out because you're not going to get any better. Yeah, you know, if you don't go, and to be honest, there's quite a lot of like uh, clubs where they're not really that interested unless you're going. Mm-hmm. You know, in having you as a member, unless you're going every week, unless it's um, uh, well, it depends. I mean, a lot of the sort of smaller clubs around here are more community type things. They don't have a lot of money. They don't. They're not for profit, and they actually need members to keep going. You know, um, the club I trained at for a long year was just a local community type thing, mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> It was at a sports centre, a commercial sports centre, and basically the sports centre charged you entry fee. And they were kind of like, unless you get maybe at least half a dozen people here, it's not worth us doing this because they could rent the hall out to do other activities and make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like if you didn't go every week, everyone was a bit like, well, why are you here every week? Uh, do you see what I mean? Um Yeah. And that's why I haven't bothered, really. I just can't commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did. I know you've done some Chinese martial arts, right? Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I did Hungar Kung Fu for I don't know, maybe two or three years uh, when I lived in Seattle, um, and I really enjoyed it. And I'd love to get back to that again. Um, there, there were some aspects of it that I was a little uncomfortable with. Um, the 
there was a big push on uh one i almost want to say like showmanship sort of things um like the the school would go do events and things like that so um occasionally the the more advanced students would do their forms in front of people and it seemed like a big deal and the uh the sifu was very he he so he seemed like a traditional what i would uh say stereotypical um sifu <laughs> like he would get really upset if you didn't do right if you didn't do it do it well or if you made a mistake and um it seemed like i i felt like as much as i wanted to improve and as much as i wanted to do these things and i i liked getting better i didn't feel like i needed that kind of pressure <laughs> or that sort of approval if you will like i didn't i didn't want to fear uh, making a mistake just because I was doing something more or less as a hobby for fun and for like exercise. I didn't want, I wasn't like I was like a 15 year old kid who wanted to, you know, go do this. And this person was trying to make sure that we were doing it right. And I, I don't know, I, I had a weird feel. So after a little while, um, I ended up having to stop going. And then I, I have a hard time convincing myself to go back because I, I don't really want to be in that kind of environment. Um, because you're right, it is a, it is a commitment, and I can totally commit to it. But I don't want to, I don't want to be judged. I guess I, I've done things in the past where like like sports where you're actually judged um, on things, and you get points and scores, and people make a big deal if you fail. And you know, I don't I don't need that in my life necessarily. But I I did like the the actual. Yeah, no, I understand that. It. Yeah, I mean, so the clubs I went to. Um... So the, the the club I spent a lot of time at was um is a jujitsu club, but it was actually um they was sold as a self defense class. So mm-hmm. all our posters would be self defense classes at Halton Price Jujitsu Club. It was never so um although we did do some of the traditional type things, um, you know, I mean people would count in Japanese, you know, mm-hmm. but generally it was it was classed as self-defense and the first 15 minutes we did like circuit training in terms of you know we did push-ups we did um crunches we did jogging on the spot we did all kinds of Mm -hmm. things we did um we did fun things we used to play like bulldog um it was that kind of thing to get you going and uh, and then a lot of it was dubbed as self-defense rather than doing traditional things we did we were talking about self-defense and it was a case of there was things when times when it, you went towards a particular thing or you went and expected to do a particular thing. It was just a case of like, this person's going to come at you, you know, just mm. have a wrestle and see what happens. And uh, um, so I, I've never been to a, a fully traditional club, except a couple of the karate clubs I've been to, uh, usually with friends and never really enjoyed. I, I didn't really enjoy the karate side of things. It was too traditional for me. I was more, I was more interested in effective forms of, or more effective forms of martial art. Mm-hmm. I still have a lot of respect for the traditional things, and I and I enjoy the aspects. I'm just not really bothered about doing it myself. Yeah. Uh, for example, even with the 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 jujitsu club, I didn't. I think I became. I I, I worked my up to way up to like third or fourth. Uh, what is it? Re Q or whatever the belt system is. Men, mm-hmm. I was a green belt or something, and that was mm-hmm. like in eight years or something. Um, it's because I never really bothered with it. Um. They used to ask me, "Do you want to do grading?" And I was like, "Not really." <laughs> uh, yeah. They, you know, I, I knew quite a lot compared to most people, and there were people there with higher up the ranking system than I. When I 
clearly had more experience and more skills than them, but I just wasn't really fussed. Uh, and they were totally fine with that as well, you know. Mm-hmm. I just went to enjoy it and get fitness. When I went, to, when I was doing uh, the submission wrestling stuff I did was at the university, and it wasn't an officially sanctioned club. So there's an American chap who was studying at the university, and he um, he was friendly with the some of the sports centre staff, and they just let him use a room. Um, we used to put mats down, and we used to just go wrestle, and that was completely informal, if you like. It was whoever mm-hmm. turned up. And he yeah. we'd be coached, but it was totally informal. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was really cool. Nice. Um, so for a short time, uh, Beck was doing the Kung Fu with me as well. Um, and, uh, the way I, you mentioned mixed martial arts, mix, mixed martial arts earlier. Mm. And I, I believe the way that she got interested in going was, um, short, uh, well, we got married. Uh, one of our friends gave us a, um, uh, their gift to us was a room in Portland. They were going to, uh, get us a hotel room. Um, the idea was it was going to be during our honeymoon trip, we were going to drive through Portland to Newport, but we didn't want to stay in Portland on the way. So we decided we'd go back and do mm. the, the Portland thing another time. So we had another little uh, weekend getaway to Portland, which was pretty nice. Um, but while we were there, like um, that night, we were just flipping around TV and uh, we flipped by some sort of mixed martial arts show like it was like uh we had like hbo or something some like one of the, the premium channels where they actually had like live events and we just flipped by flipped by for just a second she said hey go back to that and like from that moment on she was like hooked <laughs> she was like super into it she got all into like the ultimate fighter series like you were talking about so she like knew all of the people and uh knew which which uh which of the big uh, fights were coming up and uh we, we often talked about maybe trying to go to one of the events live um, but, um, yeah, so yeah, she was, she was involved too. And that was a lot of fun. So when we look back at our, um, pictures from Seattle, we'll often see that. Um, and we even had, uh, our, our wedding reception was at my art gallery or our, I guess it was our art gallery at that point. Um, and we invited the, the Kung Fu class. We asked if they would, would come do a demonstration. So they, they did a lion dance for us at our reception. So we had a, uh, oh, right, a lion nice. dance. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun, and I like I said, I really enjoyed being a part of that. Um, our the the neighbor, our, our the the Sifu was actually the neighbor uh, of our gallery. He owned a uh, a bar and restaurant, so that's actually how I got involved. Was I was going to his bar all the time um, at lunch to get food, and always ended up talking to him. And he always had all these things to talk about. And finally. I said, "Hey, what, what do you do?" And so I, you know, I'm a, kung, I'm also a kung fu instructor. So it, t- it took me about, I think, two months of thinking about it before I actually joined. But yeah, it was kind of this weird little small world situation in Seattle that uh, kind of had it all tied together. So I, I really, really do miss that. <laughs> hmm. So may- maybe that's something that I can look into doing a little more this year, uh, is doing some more. Try try to find something to do with more more martial arts stuff, even if it's just practicing again at home to sort of get involved and train my body again to remember some of the things I used to do. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely need a sport. Um, I am playing golf, but it's kind of different. I'm not really good enough to compete yet with golf. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas when I was playing football um, or playing hockey, I mean, I never competed at the martial arts, but it was 
you did compete within the class, if you see what I mean. You know, yeah. there was plenty of sparring and things like that that's considered, you know, to be competitive, not mm-hmm. like a team sport. Like, uh, but yeah, I'm, I really miss a competitive sport. Um, I've never been big on exercising, um, unless I had a reason to be doing it. You know, um, yeah. Do you see what I mean? I, there's a, oh, um, there's a TV show. I can't remember. It's about a, a like a, a former baseball player. It's a comedy. It's not particularly. It's not amazing, but there's. I'm pretty sure there's a line about uh, some chaps telling him about how far he cycled or something. Mm. And he, and I think the guy, the the baseball player, says, "Who wants to be the best at exercising?" And uh, <laughs> that's how I'm. Uh, that's generally how I feel a little bit. Is uh, yeah. I want I want to be fit and healthy, and I'll be good at exercising so I can go play sport. Uh, mm. But yeah, I just don't have that in my life at the minute. So I should really remedy that in 2015, but it's not. It's not a priority, so uh, yeah. getting fit and healthy is a is a good enough achievement to start with, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, is there anything you, you? I've got a couple of other things that I my aims of twenty fifteen. So, did you want to talk? About, I started this one. Did you want to talk about one, or should I go on to my next one? Um, I think you can. How about you start the next one? Okay. Uh, so my next one is getting on top of my finances. Um. I'm not in particularly die straits or anything. Oh, oh sorry. I mean, I'm not in a die need of this in terms of, um, I'm not in any trouble, but I've been really relaxed about, well, I've, I say I, it's the whole family. So we've been really relaxed about the way we spend our money and stuff over the last, uh, well, a few years really. Um, and I just want to get back. I want to get to the point where I'm saving some money. Um, for not necessarily for retirement, but definitely for things throughout the year. So we know we're going to go on holiday at some point this year. So I'd rather save the money, start saving now. Um, same as things like Christmas, having the money for Christmas. I'd like to start saving that money now. Um, so that needs to start off by paying off uh, a bit of debt. We haven't got loads, but I need to get rid of rid of it as soon as possible. I don't think I'll be able to do it in 2015, but at least to... I just put say put a significant dent in that in 2015 is a is a target, uh, but I'm more interested in the actual means of what we're doing than the actual targets. Um, so I've actually for the first time ever done a budget, and uh, done it um, in the envelope style. So there's a bunch of categories, and each category has a certain amount of money set, set aside it, and that's what we have to spend um, throughout the month. I'm not. We're not rigid on it. Uh, we can borrow from one bucket and, put, and move to the other if we need to. Uh, but so far, I feel like it's worked pretty well. Um, to start with, just doing the budget and then actually putting in the budget that I'm going to put £250 in the bank for holidays, you know, in a savings account, um, £125 in the bank ready for Christmas, just actually writing that down and saying that that's what I'm going to do has already given me a good feeling about it. Um, and it's also stopped me spending. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say we're only buying things we need, but it's definitely curbed a lot of the want uh, because there's a lot of the things that I'd like to buy for myself would actually have to go in a, the unaccounted for category where I've literally, you know, there's zero money budgeted for that category. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's working, working okay. Uh, again, this weekend will be a test because we're at a wedding. Uh, we do have money budgeted for eating out and drinking out. Um, 
thankfully it's a wedding, so we'll probably be fed ourselves, so we don't need to worry about that. We do need to pay for the hotel, and we do need to pay for any drinks we have, but I'm quite confident we should be able to do it within budget. Uh, so yeah, I'm just wondering to see how it goes. I, I think the first month's kind of difficult because I based the sort of the budget for each category, so eating out, drinking out, all those kinds of things you can think of, based on the last two or three months of our spending, looking through the the uh, bank and credit card statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, there's you got to have some leeway there and things like that. And I'm going to change things at some point, but so far, I'm quite pleased about it. I've started reading. Um, so I, I mean, there's a, a moneysavingexpert.com is a site in the UK, um, that I, I briefly look on occasionally. Uh, so I started reading a bit in there. I particularly read their section on budgets and I've also started reading that, uh, Dave Ramsey total money makeover book. Uh, I've had that book for a couple of years. So at some point I've tried to make this decision before mm-hmm. bought that book and then put it on the shelf and never bothered reading it <laughs> uh, but um, I'm reading it now I'm not going to go in for the because I mean uh, sort of that that the tactics he described is like um, I think he calls it it's like he calls it something like going at it like a gazelle or something um, and that's the first step is to save up a thousand dollars to be your like emergency bit of cash and then you have to go at it like a gazelle to get rid of any debt. Um, and he's talking about, you know, selling the car. You know, if you've got a, a fairly new car, selling that to get, you know, to and get an older car or something. I'm, I'm not going that far, certainly, because uh, I don't feel like I need to. Um, but mm-hmm. there's still some things in the book that make sense. And I think most of it is actually more trying to inspire you to do this stuff rather than actually giving you actionable items. Yeah. But it's based on some interesting reading like i say and uh mm-hmm. if it keeps me keeps me thinking about it i think that's as much as anything uh so yeah hopefully uh, i'll be able to keep it up um it's not been a lot of work it, it, there was quite a bit of work up front to create the budget but just keeping a track of things as they go um, i'm not using any automated tools just a spreadsheet and our regular bank statements uh, and it's not been too difficult um, I have used um, things like, um, so in the Mocha you have uh, mint.com. Yep. Uh, we have an equivalent here called moneydashboard.com, and I, they're just not quite good enough for me in my experience. Like um, the moneydashboard.com, um, it works okay from what I've seen, but one thing is chances are by using it you're breaking the terms and conditions of your bank, um, certainly in the UK anyway, You know, because of however they scrape the data, would be against the terms and conditions. Mm. But also there's always some little teething problems. So I have, um, so I bank with Santander. I also have with them a savings account. Um, The kids also have savings accounts. I have a mortgage with them and I have a credit card with them. Now it can, when it scrapes the information, it grabs the information about our current account and our savings account, but it can't get the credit card account. So I'd almost like it can get my other two credit card accounts who are with different people. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like if I'm going to have this all-encompassing thing that pulls all the information into one place for me, I need it to have all the information in one place for me. I don't want a software yeah. tool that does gets me 90% of the way there. 
mm-hmm. when it's not really that difficult to do myself. So especially something that's, you know, kind of intrusive, you know, for it to be going into my bank accounts, my credit card accounts, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So at the minute, I'm just managing it with a spreadsheet and uh, Rebecca's been uh, just letting me know when she's spent money on whatever it was, how much on what, so I can put it in against the category and then scratch it off the when I look at the statement, I know I've already, you know, dealt with that transaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, that's going pretty well. I hope that, like I say, to put a massive dent in that in our debt this year, and also to be able to, because we're budgeting, because I'm say saving for things like holidays, so I'll be able to say this is how much we've got to spend on a holiday, and this is how much we should spend. Let's not go silly. And change our mind, or within reason, but yeah, yeah. So that's kind of yeah. Cool. We've we've been doing uh, a lot with budgeting, and when I say we, I mean Beck. Uh, she does almost all of the 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 personal finance stuff for us. Um, she likes numbers, and she likes using Excel and creating spreadsheets and forecasting things and uh, all of that. So she does most of that. Unfortunately, my eyes kind of glaze over a little bit some of the times when she talks and I don't know if you have that same problem when like Rebecca talks to you like if you start throwing out numbers and things and does like I feel like if you're not the person actually working on the complicated spreadsheet then they're just numbers and they don't mean anything to me at all yeah um so in the past um now Rebecca loves shopping yeah you know, mm-hmm. but she's not a terrible shopper she wouldn't you know pile up credit card debt for us and stuff mm-hmm but in the past, I have got frustrated with her because for a long time, she just didn't even look to see how much money we did have. Mm-hmm. So we'd be discussing buying something and she'd be like, oh, no, we can't afford it, especially if it was something for her. If it's something nice, you know, and maybe she's seen a nice dress, but it's quite expensive. And she'd be like, oh, no, mm-hmm. we can't afford it. And it'd be like, well, what do you mean we can't afford it? Well, look how expensive it is. And I said, well, yeah, but we've got, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so in the bank. And she'd be like, oh, right. And it was literally like that. She'd be basing decisions without any, you know, anything to, to back it up with. Um, mm-hmm. I've always sort of managed the money uh, because of that. I think she just kind of left it to me. So it's probably, it's more of that, to be honest. It's probably that because I was dealing with it, she didn't. Yeah. Uh, but she's been really on board with this since we started. Um, mm-hmm. So I we use Google Docs for the spreadsheet uh, and I've shared it with her. Uh, and every time I make changes to it, I, um, I explain why I've made changes and things. Uh, and she's been really mm-hmm. on board. So, yeah. So so far, it's been a bit of a joint effort. And I think if you're going to do something like this, you need to. It needs to be a joint effort because you mm-hmm. you've got to go careful. I mean, I think there's um, people. That, again, the people say the biggest cause of arguments in marital marriages is uh usually linked to finances one way or another uh yeah so i wouldn't want to be going like i say i've been going quite full steam ahead with this thing um mm-hmm. and i wouldn't want to be doing it if rebecca wasn't sort of at least on side um mm-hmm. how much she actually understands what i'm talking about or cares for what i'm talking about i don't know but she seems to back me up so yeah, yeah. well i definitely back up beck's desire to do this and she she always does an awesome job with it it's just sometimes i don't always understand but a lot of that has to come with like uh we've been struggling a lot with forecasting the uh income from the consulting business um just because not everyone pays the same 
time <laughs> like the, yeah, like uh, the work that i do in august for example um, i don't get to bill until september 1st um so like we've gone back and forth on this where she'll consider the work i do in august as october's money she'll like flag it as october's money so she'll be talking about october's money and i'll be like it's a middle word it's like august 15th what's october's money and so i won't know what she's talking about but mm. in her head she'll, she'll have it all figured out which works great assuming that if i bill someone on september 1st they pay by the end of se- september so then we can use it in october whereas you know sometimes it might take someone a month and a half to pay mm. uh, or they might pay right away and then it's in the bank you know September 3rd, <laughs> in which case it looks like we have way more money than we do. Um, so it's trying, trying to deal with that flow is probably the biggest struggle that we have. Um, yeah. just because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm making the money and I put it in the account or the money goes in the account. I don't really want to know where it's all going to go because we, you know, she's, she's has a spreadsheet that has our budget, you know, and we'll, we'll sync up on that once every you know, maybe a month or so, we'll go back through and say, okay, well, is this really making sense anymore? Do we need to change anything? So I, I know that she has that covered, like where it's all going and where, where it should be going. So, um, I'm more or less happy to let her handle that. Um, mm. but I know it, it frustrates her sometimes because she wished I, she wishes I would pay more attention to it and better understand it. But it's, it's, you know, she looks at it almost daily, if, if not daily, every other day. Um, and I only see it when we talk about it. You know, like yeah. once once a month or so, it's like, okay, well, you live this daily. For me, I haven't seen this since last month, so I don't even know what's changed. I don't understand the question that you have. If, if something's working or not, I don't know because I this is the first I've seen it in, in a while. So, yeah, it it is definitely uh, a stressor to have to um, talk about it, I guess. So it is something that um, is very important. It does it can cause some some friction in a in a relationship i suppose oh yeah definitely i mean it's a it's a timeless saying of money can't buy happiness but mm-hmm. definitely buys you comfort i think yeah uh, <laughs> you know just to not have to worry about mm. it is a massive in, in enough deal for uh most people i'd say yeah. um so one of the reasons why i'm really on it um is because i do like i say i manage a lot of the money in terms of what's going where even down to things like uh, grocery shopping. I, I do all the grocery shopping and I do most of the cooking as well. Um, that's mm. why I do the shopping. Um, and that's one of our biggest sort of um, outgoings per month that isn't set outgoing. You know, it's not a bill, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, that, so I'm looking at it regularly because I'm actually thinking about these things day to day of, you know, when do we need to do grocery shopping? How much do we need to spend? Uh, and that mm. kind of thing. Um, and the other thing is it's in terms of income it's definitely easier for us because we have um you know a set income um it doesn't change or rarely changes i think um our rebecca's salary will go down ever so slightly uh i think it's next month uh, because she's been doing a bit of cover for one of her colleagues who's been on maternity leave so she's been actually been doing a couple more lessons than she should do mm-hmm. uh, so it's getting a little bit more money uh, but other than that, you know, my salary stays the same throughout the year. Uh, her salary, salary stays the same. So and the only thing that would change is if I get any bonuses uh, or any other sort of windfalls, however mm-hmm. that might happen. Yeah. So that certainly makes it easier. You know, it's hard to – because we don't need to forecast 
how much is coming in. We only need to forecast. Well, we don't need to forecast. We need to determine how much we want going out. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've actually been accruing quite a bit of debt, um, since last year, uh, it was well before we started the podcast, but when, when we moved to Wisconsin in August, um, we moved on like August 15th or something like that. Um, and I got a, I got a phone call on August 1st saying, or August 3rd or something. It was less than, than two weeks. Um, basically saying that my, my contract was up, uh, the contract that I'd been on for, I don't know, like a year and a half, something like that. Um, and, well, that was really the only income that we, that was like the last income we had until maybe November. Right. Um, and at that point, that was maybe a quarter of what we had been making before. Mm. <laughs> um, and it was a slow ramp back up to kind of where I'd like us to be um, all throughout basically all of 2014. Um, so it took us a long time to sort of get back to something that was remotely close to what we were doing before. So I know a lot of people talk about, you know, going independent and making a lot of money and all of that. And it's not really like that. <laughs> uh, I, apparently it is for some people. If you want to believe things from like double your freelancing rate that you can make a lot of money really fast or whatever. Um, but it, it, it is, it doesn't go that quickly. So we, we've, we've accrued quite a bit of, uh, debt over the last year and a half. Um, so we, we, when we talk about our budget, we, we need to be serious about it also because we, we need to get that gone. Mm. Uh, we, we need to start making a, a very, very sizable dent in it, similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, ours is, our situation was that, uh, most of the debt we have came from our wedding. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, we have been, putting a dent in it but i've been it's like being one step forward one step back i won't yeah. say we've we've got our situation hasn't got any worse in the last two years so we'll be married we'll be married three years in april and it hasn't got worse it's just not really got that much better i mean there was times when i was paying maybe five or six hundred pounds a month off the debt you know mm -hmm. so five or six hundred pounds is about seven and eight hundred dollars or whatever that mm -hmm. which was you know really good but then we'd go do something like go on holiday and spend a bit more than we thought we would and you know and yeah. suddenly you're back to back to where you were um mm -hmm. so yeah so yeah it's just hard isn't it mm -hmm. but you're right you know it's grabbing the bull by the horns a little bit for me now that's how i feel with this i want to be able yeah. to i mean i don't have any sort of retirement plans um financially mm -hmm. so rebecca has a pension and she's a, excuse me She's a teacher at a public school, so she has a government pension, which is very good. I mean, nowadays, when you, if you become a teacher, I think the pension you get isn't anywhere near as good because basically they, they oversold the pensions for a long time, mm -hmm. caused the government quite a bit of uh, stress in terms of how much they were going to have to pay these people when they retire. Um, but So she has a pension, but, but she's actually part-time now, so not contributing as much as she would be full-time. Uh so I'm kind of like thinking, well, you know, we need a retirement plan. I know it's a yeah. long time away, but, you know, once you get to that age, there's not a lot you can do, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And before I can do anything anything like that, I need to sort out my get rid of any debt, 
get my finances under control and then start to think about what I can do and how I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's other things as well. I mean, we're going to need a new car in the next year. If maybe, maybe another year after that, if we're lucky. Uh, so our car, the main car, is nine years old now. Um, it's done quite a lot of miles. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for some major things to to go wrong with it, uh, which I have covered for in the budget in terms of you know car maintenance. But we probably need to replace that. And if I can avoid financing it, which is, you know, accruing more debt, not, mm. you know, then I will. I'd like to. Uh, but of mm. course, that means getting out of debt now and getting some money saved up for it. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we bought a new car when we were in Minot, um, or back when we lived in North Dakota. Um, our excuse at the time was that I'm not a mechanic <laughs> and, um, almost everyone that we know that has a used car or a, a, an older car has a lot of problems with it. Um, enough so that I, I didn't with, with the amount of travel that we do as well, like driving between North Dakota and Wisconsin, we didn't want to, we wanted to minimize the risk of like breaking down in the middle of nowhere, mm. um, the sort of thing. So, uh, you know, we've, we've, I think we're up to almost 55,000 miles in a year and a half. That's a lot. Or maybe it's two years now. I can't remember. Either way, it's, it's, it's at most two years, two and a half years, maybe. Um, so it's, it is, uh, we, we've, we've used it a lot. So it's, um, and we've had no problems with it. We've never had any issues, uh, with it so far. So it's, in my mind, it's use, it's was very useful to have, uh, gone the route we did, but I have read a lot of people talking about how used cars are a better, f- make more financial sense if if you can just buy them outright instead of have to finance them or whatever. So I don't know if if we were to ever get a second car, if we ever absolutely needed to have one, I think that I would probably pursue that as an option as opposed to getting some getting something new. Um, mm. Because if any, like kind of kind of like you said that you bought a car recently or was it was it a truck or a car that was a car the, the one i bought does it have the second car yeah I mean, yeah the uh, second car yeah i can totally see that one not being not having the same desires to get something like super reliable in that sense like oh yeah absolutely oh, yeah so uh, but i mean that car it costs me more to tax and insure for a year than it does for the actual car cost me to yeah. buy mm-hmm. um to be honest it's off the road at the minute it requires a, an mot uh, mm-hmm. which is like a annual test that the government mm-hmm. require you to have done. I just haven't got around to doing it yet. Um but yeah, I mean I personally could do without a new car for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'd love something that's a, a year or two old, so you know, not I don't want something as old as the that car I just talked about then that I bought. Yeah. Uh but um that new car smell or what you know, a brand new car does not interest me that much in terms mm-hmm. of you know, I could buy something a couple of years old. Um, whereas Rebecca, I think, would like something new. Um, she, I think she's the same as me. She wouldn't be that fussed about something brand new. But I could see myself buying her a brand new car as a as a mm-hmm. gift, you know, yeah. at some point or something. If I ever have that kind of money, um, you know, because part of me would like to refrain from uh, taking out finance if I can in the future. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. it depends on the situation, you know. Uh, yeah. If I had no other debt. 
and my income was secure and things, then maybe I'd be quite happy to take out finance. I mean, everyone talks about it. Like, you read that book. Um, Like, he talks about getting rid of your debt, the Dave Ramsey book, but he doesn't include your mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what makes the mortgage special? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. You know, it... It's still, I mean, I know, obviously, it's okay, so you could say it's an investment in that sense, you know, because mm-hmm. the thing is, if you, if you, uh, your car, depre- uh, the value depreciates, doesn't it? Um, you know, if you buy a new car now, and it, you know, somehow you wrecked it without insurance, then you'd still owe the money on the finance, and you mm-hmm. wouldn't have a car. Whereas with a house... The house isn't really going anywhere. Yes, mm-hmm. the market can crash, so it'd be less worth less. You might have some negative equity, but it's it's a little bit more secure, isn't it, than a, a car yeah. loan or that kind of finance, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's about it with the the finances for me. Mm-hmm. Go on, boy, what else have you uh, got planned for twenty fifteen? Um, for twenty fifteen, I. If anything, or do you want to talk about something else? Well, so I'm, I'm I'm a little unprepared because I I kind of had a more traditional list of notes for things to talk about. Well, um, yeah, no, that's absolutely fine because these are, this is the things I wanted to talk about. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. It just happened to be themed along uh, what I'm trying to do this year. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, well, let me finish. Fix- let me finish then. The last thing okay. I'm going to do, my last habit thing, is uh, uh, writing. I'm just trying to write a a thousand words a week. It's just going to go on my blog. For the time being, it's going to probably going to concentrate on testing because that's what I feel comfortable with. I feel knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about, and I'll probably write a few things at least for our community that um, might be a bit fresh for people to uh, to read something new. Mm. Um, I've got I've published two blog posts already, and I've got another two sort of in draft status. Um, it's kind of nice to have them, kind of have uh, the bulk of the writing done a week ahead, and I spend like the week leading up to when I'm going to publish it, refining mm-hmm. it, having people look at it, give me some feedback yeah. and stuff. So that was the only thing. Um, I'm kind of uh, put a repo box on pause for the time being. Uh, reasons being, firstly, it started out with the whole VAT mess uh, in here in the in the EU. Did you know anything about that? No. Oh. Okay, so basically they're changing the rules with the VAT in terms of where the VAT is paid. So VAT is value-added tax, so when you buy something, you have to pay a certain amount of tax. Mm-hmm. So for digital services, so that includes things like e-books or software as a service, you used to the VAT used to be paid in the country of the supplier. Now it's going to be paid in the country of the consumer. Mm. So... Not uh, so consumers, not businesses. So if some hobbyist PHP programmer decided they wanted from Fran- France wanted to use RepoBox, and I charged them uh, ten dollars a month, I would have to pay a percentage of that ten dollars would have to be VAT, value added tax, and I'd have to pay it to the French government because he is mm. in France. The same for somebody in Italy, the same for somebody in Spain, same for somebody in every other country of the, of the EU. I would have to pay the VAT to those respective countries. So that would mean being VAT registered in each of those countries, which is a lot of hassle. There is an option of being having the UK government do that for me, but I would have to be VAT registered 
in the UK to do that, which is also a lot of hassle. Usually you wouldn't have to do that until you are turning over £80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually I would have to do that when I'm turning over, what, £20 a year if some <laughs> of that money is going to the EU. Yeah. Uh, so that put me off. There have been some uh, some changes in that since, uh, since everyone kicked up a bit of a Twitter storm about it and blog mm-hmm. posts everywhere. Uh, but it's not been enough to sort of get me back on board. And it's just not a priority at the minute. Mm-hmm. It's a risk. I'd be putting in a lot of time and effort to something that might not make me any money. Um, and I'd rather put that time and effort into something else that might not make me money, but should do something to build a reputation mm-hmm. uh, in the community for the testing stuff, whether that means job opportunities in the future or m- more chances of getting selected to go to conferences or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a better use of my time at the minute, and I'm enjoying it. So, so that's cool. what I'm going to be doing. Nice. So that's my that's another one of my habit things. Once a week, one thousand words. Nice. My yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the four rows on my little Seinfeld chart is um, uh, writing. So I'm not necessarily setting like a a word per week goal. Um, I'm just setting more of a, I want to write something daily, uh, whether that's five minutes of writing where I just need to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make these goals seem something that's super attainable. <laughs> so as long as I do anything that's some sort of creative writing, um, technical writing, anything at all, as long as I do anything during the day, during any given day, I'm, I'm counting that. Um, and so far that's been going pretty well. I've, I've been able to write three different blog posts. Uh, only one of which has actually been launched so far. Um, and it is really nice to have these things ready to go. Um, I don't know about you, but when I have something ready to go, it's hard for me to sit on it. Do you have that problem? Um, yes and no. Um, most of my ready to goes aren't as polished as I would like them. Okay. And I also find that if I do sit on them, I usually make changes. Mm-hmm. So I'm always kind of expecting. So even though I want to publish, mm-hmm. uh, I know if I leave it a day, I'll probably think of something I want to change. But yeah, I, I see what you mean though. Once you've written it, it's fresh in your mind, and you're less likely, right? You know, you want to you want to see it out there, don't you? Yeah, yeah, because you have the stuff ready to go, and especially if other stuff is going on around that topic, like, and if you have something waiting, um, it's kind of hard. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I, I actually had a conversation with someone. Um, uh, on Twitter, that it really would have been useful to be able to point them to ddd.io. Uh, but I knew I wasn't going to be publishing until the next day, the very first post. So I, it was very painful to not be able to say, oh, go check this out, because I didn't want to send anyone there before it was actually published. Um, so yeah, I, and I, I think I think Beck has a similar sort of thing, because um, like anytime she does some new artwork, she wants to show it right away. And you know, I used to have that problem a lot when I did the art stuff. Anytime some art news came out, I wanted to get it out as soon as possible. Um, but I would say the last year working with that podcast um, has really helped with like the content delivery stuff. Because um, uh, I'm so able- slow doing the audio. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, well, I, yeah, that's not what I mean. Uh, with the like the, I've been doing a lot with the social media stuff. Like actually, like taking the time to like plan things out and schedule things and you know, scheduling things um, like two to three tweets a day for two weeks uh, was kind of 
kind of the amount of work that it is right now, um, based, based on our usual list of topics or whatever, it's, it seems to be one to two weeks worth of, of tweets. Mm. Um, it's sort of freeing Then I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I know it's eventually going to go out. Um, so when I start looking at it from that perspective, that this is going to, going to go out, um, at a certain time, I'm not just holding it until I feel like it's time to, yeah. to publish it. Um, so I've been setting dates. So like when I create my new post, I'm actually setting a date in the post so that in my mind, I'm mentally prepared to know that, okay, this is going to go out on Monday the 12th. Yeah. Um, and then I don't have to think about it. Um, so I've I've done the same. That, yeah. Yeah. So I found that's helped. Otherwise, if I just have like a, a whole bunch of articles that I've I've written that aren't dated, it's like, well, why don't I just publish them all right now? Um, so anyway, uh, so writing has been one of the things that I'm planning on doing more this year as well. Um, and I mentioned ddd.io. Um, I launched that site this week. Uh, so I guess by the time people hear this, it'll have been last week. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. All of All of the stuff that you and I have talked about, about building an audience and uh, like giving people a reason to to look at content and sort of uh, being better known for something specific. Um, I'm excited about it. I, I got that domain originally um, because I wanted, to, I had the idea for Dragonfly to have a, uh, a mailing list that I was calling the Dragonfly Development Dispatch. And so I, th- I just randomly typed in ddd.io at one point. It was available, so I got it. Um, since then, I've been using it as a, a link shortener. Um, but now I'm going to actually focus it on uh, domain-driven design topics as a blog. Um, and I think that it, like people don't have a real strong reason to go to DFly Dev right now. Um, like I, as hard as I've tried to shoehorn different ideas in of like, why should someone care about what DFly Dev has to say about anything? Um, it, you know, I still have some ideas how I could start, you know, putting a blog there as well, uh, talking about talking about different topics or whatever. But no one cares. <laughs> there's, no, there's no real reason. Like, they, I, I don't get mailing list signups because no one ends up there because there's no reason to. And um, I think that ddd.io could be a pretty good place for people to go to learn about domain-driven design, uh, some of the CQRS and event sourcing stuff. I can talk about event storming, you know, all of these different things that are related. It could be it really could be a place that people could go to learn about these things and it could be useful and give people actual reasons to join mailing lists and eventually funnel people back to DeFi dev and say, Hey, if you, if you like this stuff and you need some help, maybe I can help train or maybe I can help validate your ideas or implement your, your next project because it's a really complicated domain. And you know, it looks like I understand, you know, how to model complicated domains you know, I can start maybe getting some more business from that. So I'm super excited about it. I have a couple of other ideas for, uh, like themes, uh, like a, a series of posts on a specific theme. Um, and just, just in general, I don't know. I'm just super excited about it. So that's one of the projects yeah. that I'm going to be working on this year. Yeah. I think it sounds like a really good plan. Um, just that thing you mentioned is I've had, I've heard people talking about that. I don't know if it's, I don't know who, but that those kind of, uh, building audience, selling product mm-hmm. type people talking about that thing where um, somebody asks you a question because they think you're knowledgeable in yeah. the subject and you want to reply and you want to give them a link um, mm-hmm. and why not be one of your own links is you know, exactly. something that they talk about. You, know, you, you, you could tell them about this if you had half an hour or an hour to sit down and talk to them about it, but you, you don't. So you're going to give them a link because that's the kind of pressure. You want to help, but you can't really give up your whole day to these people. Mm-hmm. 
but like you say, why not give it? Why not give them a link to some of your own content, which can explain these things, and then uh, it's a nice little tie-in, I think. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm all yeah. on board. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you uh, come out with posts-wise as well. Uh, it'd be quite nice for me as well, because um, it means I get to stay on. I don't do DDD like you do. I don't. I mean, I understand some of the the concepts and things, but I've never really done it. Um, it's nice for me to keep up with it as well. Uh, for me to learn as much as as anyone else. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah. So I um I have that as a project. Uh, the the other project that um, I'm thinking about kicking off, or we've been talking about kicking off, um, is something that I've been working on with Beck. Um, as as the listeners probably know, she does art. Uh, she did the Sculpin logo. Uh, she does all sorts of cool things. And um, I think it was last, dur- during listening to our last episode uh, on one of her long drives back and forth between her sister, I got a phone call from her while she was driving. And we have, we have, uh, in, uh, we have, <laughs> we have a car audio system. So she wasn't actually on the phone <laughs> for anyone who was just in case there's any cops listening. Yep. Um, so she, she called and she was just really excited. She said, I had this great idea for a series of paintings. And I said, really, what's that? She said, I want to paint, um, names of projects. And at first I was like, I had a, I, like, it took me a second to register what she was talking about. Um, but Basically, she she's been listening to us talk, and to, to some, you know, she, she understands. She can follow most of it, but some of the stuff still sounds kind of weird and foreign. Um, but what she really likes are some of the names that people have come up with their projects, um, for either project name. You know, some some of them are service names, some of them are actual software products, some of them are libraries. Uh, but she thought it would be really fun to start painting, uh, start creating paintings. Um, inspired only by the name of the project. So, um, uh, for example, Sculpin. Like, if she heard the name Sculpin and something triggered in her brain of of what she th- would see as Sculpin, without knowing about what it is, um, you know, she would just do a painting about Sculpin, and then we could have this whole series of paintings that you could look at and basically see this alternate world of what the PHP slash open source community might look like. Uh, you know all of these different names laid out that mm. that you will know and recognize as pro- as programmers in the community, but it'll be this completely alternate reality. So um, I think it could be a lot of fun. Um, so we're gonna we're going to be working on that over the next couple of months to get that going. Um, so we're go- going to reach out to a couple of projects to see if people are interested. Uh, the other thing is that we're thinking about doing some community stuff with it, uh, where people can guess what the project is. Uh, like we can start putting out little teasers of, you know, like a little corner of it and something so people can start guessing and maybe we'll give away some free artwork or something like that. So, uh, we're, we're talking about doing this as sort of like a collaboration effort. Um, so far we've, uh, sent emails to a couple of people about it. Um, and, uh, the response has been pretty positive. I think everyone, everyone we've emailed so far has written back and said, wow, that sounds like a fun project. We're totally, totally excited about that. So. Yeah, I actually saw you tweet about it the other day, but obviously didn't know what it was when you because you you teased people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it looks really cool and sounds really exciting too. Like uh, it's going to be quite fun. I imagine it's going to be quite a fun thing for you and Rebecca to do as well together. If you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. A little project together. It's nice. Yeah. We haven't done anything together in quite a while. Like we used to um, when I owned the art gallery in Seattle. Um, she. 
uh, she eventually started helping out a little bit uh, before we got married. And then um, she started to be more actively involved. Um, and then, you know, we eventually got married and then it was our gallery together. Um, so we used to do a lot of art slash technology collaborations, whether it be uh, coming up with, you know, basically anything related. We had a pretty comprehensive website, so we did a lot of digital stuff. Um, and you know, she did a lot, she had a lot of ideas for doing like real world things. So we used to work together quite a bit. We haven't really had a chance to, so this is going to be a lot of fun because we, we're both going to be able to get in on this one and, you know, help promote it and come up with ideas. And I don't know. So anyways, that's, that's going to be a fun project that we have planned for 2015. Yeah. No, it sounds good. Um, let's see, uh, uh, sort of related to, uh, plans for 2015, but going back a little bit was um, I was on No Capes um, oh, yeah. with uh, Kayla Daniels, and um, that turned out to, that that, w- that was going to be more of a, a varied conversation, but it turned out to be mostly focused on Sculpin. Uh, she's she's actually a, pr- a pretty active Sculpin user, uh, so she had a lot of questions about that, and um, so I I actually got to reveal a bunch of my my plans for 2015 for Sculpin on on the on. Uh, that interview. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll link to that interview if anyone wants to get it in more details. Um, but yeah, I, uh, one of the things that I just accomplished was I finalized uh, a plan to help with Sculpin's bus factor. Yep. Um, uh, right now, Sculpin's bus factor is, is pretty, pretty poor. If, well, until yesterday, um, if I got hit by a bus, Sculpin would basically cease to exist. Um, I was the only owner or the only manager on the Sculpin repository. Um, and yeah, it just would have been a, a, a pretty bad deal. And I, I, I started to feel a little bad toward the end of last year about this, that Sculpin's actually used by a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, and I, I, I didn't pay much attention to it last year. Like I didn't, I wasn't able to make a whole lot of forward momentum on any, any aspect of it short of, doing some conference talks and the occasional critical bug fix for people who were trying something new that no one else had tried that it was straight up broken. Um, the, like the theming aspects of Sculpin, I, 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 I seem to get asked about Sculpin themes about once a week at this point. It's re- it's the frequency is really ramping up. And I finally asked someone, how do you, how do you even know that Sculpin has themes? Like they're, they're actively using this feature that is in Sculpin, but is completely undocumented because I never finished it. Um, and one of the people said, oh, I, I, I checked this blog article and someone's written a whole blog article. They'd like re, uh, reverse engineered sculpt, uh, sculpt and theme from one of my work in progress pull requests <laughs> and like, cause that's pretty much the only place it exists right now. And they, they had a whole blog post about how to write a sculpt and theme. Right. And, um, so there's these people who are actively using this project that, are, are not getting the support they deserve. So um, I decided that this year I was going to try and fix that. So the the first thing that I did was I contacted five people. Um, I looked at the Sculpin community and sort of based on my my interactions with them, them in the past, I uh, asked them if they would mind being a part of the organization. Um, the responsibilities were largely just going to be uh, at the bare minimum, bare minimum being a part of the organization so that they could, if they needed to, uh, close issues or per- merge pull requests. Um, but 
all the way up to being more active in the community, um, actively working on new feature requests. Um, basically, the, the the door was wide open for people to help out. Um, and in, in the process, I kind of came up with a little document to describe sort of how I saw Sculpin working in the future and how I saw us all working together. Um, you ended up sending me something uh, on the side about, uh, was it like project collaborate, like uh, like the contributors.md thing that some projects have to tell you how to contribute, but there was also like a project maintainers version of that. Yeah, there was um, a code of conduct for as a project maintainer. There was, there was two. I sent you two links. One was for a project. One was for like community mm-hmm. at large, if you like. Uh, but the project one was definitely sort of how you should treat people in pull requests or issues and things like that. Um, yeah, it was um, Will Durant had linked, uh, tweeted about it some time ago, and uh, Will Durant has a really. You, you mentioned. Um, oh, we mentioned it on the last show. You mentioned um, Jonathan Renink's uh, page about things to do. With, yeah. Project. For releasing an open source project, yeah, and, yep. and I mentioned Will Durant has a blog post. He actually updated that blog post with this thing now, and yeah, um, I I, can't, I don't even think I read it fully, but uh, but basically that's what it was. It was a code of conduct for the maintainers and how they should behave, mm-hmm. you know, whilst interacting with people who are using the, uh, the the project or the product, as it were. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I had a couple of things that I thought could potentially be issues for people who might be involved. For example. I, I plan to monetize Sculpin in some way. Yeah, I have a couple of services in mind. Um, I just had this feeling that I didn't want people to think that they were going to be helping out and contributing to Sculpin, and then I was going to go somewhere else and make money. Um, yes. Or, or at least find out after the fact that I was going to do that. Um, so I wanted to make sure that people kind of knew what they were getting into. Um, uh, I also kind of wasn't ready to completely turn the keys over to like a... a uh, What's the, uh, what's the, <laughs> I, I didn't want to turn the keys over, uh, keys over to a, um, why well, I struggle on this word, uh, like a group of people, uh, there's word, specific word for it, like a, uh, do you mean to become a, um, committee, a committee, <laughs> yeah, rather than, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't want it to be, uh, totally designed by committee i guess that's what i was going to say like i mm. still felt like i wanted to ha- maintain the the broader vision for how sculpin was going to go and I'd, i totally want help but i don't necessarily want to just you know say anyone can do whatever they want to within the project without at least getting my buy-in on it um i guess the the bdfl thing um and yes. actually coming sitting down and asking someone or not asking someone, but letting them know that I wanted to be the BDFL. Like I didn't know how to even phrase that. <laughs> um, so anyway, so everyone uh, that I sent the the document to also, they were fine with it. Um, they're all, they've all accepted the invite to be on the Sculpin organization. So uh, one of the next blog posts that I need to write um, and blogs that I need to create actually is Sculpin's blog. Um, I want to start being more active on that. So um, I have a one draft post already ready for that blog that doesn't exist yet. Uh, and the next one is going to be announcing the the team, if you will. So um, that'll be kind of fun uh, to try to get that out there and hopefully get some more people helping out. Um, it's, some of them have already been super helpful in the Sculpin channel on IRC. So it's uh, it's it's not a hopefully not a, a burden for anybody at this point, 
but it definitely is going to help me to know that uh, I'm not the only one that can merge pull requests for Sculpin, for example, um, and close issues and give some people more uh, latitude for being able to go in and do things like that. Like someone can now feel like they have, uh, they're, they're empowered to go into an issue and say, this is, this is how this is supposed to work and then close the issue or whatever. Yeah. Or, this isn't going to be fixed. So it's, it's going to help me a lot. Um, I think that long term it's going to be better for the community to have more people in charge. Um, one, I'm still the only one that can build Sculpin FAR files. So, the, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things like that where I am still the bottleneck. Uh, I still own the domain. I don't really know how to handle that issue, actually. If anyone has, yeah. I wouldn't really worry about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, as, to, to me, someone has to own it. And you're not going to create a non-profit f- for Sculpin yeah. just so they can own it. It seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other thing is, I mean, just a point that you could make, but it's very little to do with Sculpin in, in the long run, but... Um, mm-hmm. If something were to happen to me, Rebecca has no idea how to deal with any of my stuff <laughs> online. Um, and I'd recommend, yeah. although it's, you know, it's not something I've actually done myself. I think all people like ourselves should have some sort of backup plan for, mm-hmm. uh, their respective others in the yeah. event of any accidents or whatever. But you know, you, you know what I mean? They need to know, you know, um, mm-hmm. do you, you, do you use a password manager? I don't use a password manager. Well, I, I do use one. So. I should really have a the, the password for that printed out somewhere so Rebecca yeah. could actually get to everything she'd need to in mm-hmm. the event of something. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't even know if I need to find technological answers to all of these questions, but they are things that I think about that, you know, yeah. um, some sort of solution, whether it be letting, you know, like you said, letting Beck know how to access my domains so that she can transfer them to people or whatever, you know, or, or, or shut them down so that they don't auto renew forever, <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that where, um, I, I just feel like it is something that enough people are using at this point that if it went away, I'm sure people would find other projects to use. There are other things to use, but at the same time, I feel like I, I owe it at least somewhat to the community that's building around it to sort of nurture mm. it and maintain it and have at least thought about these things. Um, and warned like warned the people involved that yeah there's not going to be any way to get the domain if if something happens to me so you know best of luck to you and <laughs> you know and then you can update the the readme file and point everyone to a different url or whatever you know there's a, there's a there's just things that i hadn't ever i've never really considered before um and been starting to think about them a lot more carefully so so i'm super excited to have more people on on the team um some of the other things I talked about was uh, actually making themes first uh, first class citizen, um, like document it, uh, kind of figure out how to resolve all of the issues that I've had with it that has sort of stalled it out. Um, and the I guess the big one would be uh, Sculpin 3, uh, which will be based on Symphony 3. So I, I need to start tracking Symphony 3 development a little more closely to see how easy it's going to be to integrate into Sculpin. Um, and at two, um, at a certain point, I'm going to need to uh, maybe get involved in the Symphony community a little bit more to offer feedback and say, you know what, in in this context of how this is actually going to be used, um, you know, maybe th- these things can be changed or whatever. Mm. I, I sort of dropped out of being involved in Symphony at that level just because the changes that I was looking at specifically in terms of 
splitting kernel from HTTP kernel. Um, it was just, I was getting a lot of pushback because that was a big change. I mean, I, I put the pushback was warranted because it was a big change, but with symphony three, it sounds like that's actually a possibility. So, um, hmm. I, I need to get reinvolved in that. Um, on the, on the Sculpin side of things, I actually had a couple of other bits of news or I just thought it would be fun to list a couple of new projects that I found out were Sculpin related or Sculpin based. Shoot. Um, oh, uh, actually Matt's, uh, Matt Stoffer, uh, did a cool post on scheduling posts with Sculpin, um, uh, which kind of goes into our draft post question a little bit. Um, basically, uh, the blog post is about how to do a, a, a lo-fi, uh, self-publishing platform on a time-based system. So, uh, if you want to have a blog post published at a specific time on a certain day, uh, he, he sort of lists how you can do that. Um, have you seen the secure passwords.info site? Yes. It's a, it's a project by, uh, Davey Chafik. Um, it's at secure passwords without the O. Um, that's a scoping site. I actually, I got to talk with him about that in, um, PHP world. Uh, he, he'd been working on it. So, um, he wanted to do some custom things with the way that stuff was laid out. So, um, so that's out there. Uh, selfie. Uh, have you seen the selfie project? I have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, uh, Matt Frost. Uh, he's, he's actually been collecting, uh, uh, selfies with people at PHP conferences for quite a while. Uh, he actually snapped a picture of me at, um, at Lone Star last year. So, uh, and, and he never published that one to Twitter. So I was like, ah, I want to, I, w- I wish I could have seen that cause it looked like a cool one, but he's been collecting it, uh, collecting them for a long time and he's been pushing those out now. So selfie, uh, S E L P H P I E. Uh, it's kind of a fun little project that he's been working on. Um, he actually came to, uh, the first talk I gave about Sculpin at tech. It's the first time I got to talk about Sculpin. Uh, at a conference and he had come away from it and I asked him how, how to go. And so hey, I, I feel like I have, I'm better prepared for it now. And the whole point of my talk was basically Sculpin doesn't do anything for you. It's all about the templates uh, because everyone wants to go to Sculpin because it's PHP and they can extend it. But very few people have ever had to extend it. I've, I used to say that I've have created no extensions um, now I've, I've created another one now, but really it was just a twig extension for Foxy cart. Um, but you know, it could just as well have just been a normal symphony bundle. There's nothing Sculpin specific about it. Um, so anyway, he, he jumped into it and then, um, he's, he posted, he started. And then later that day he said, I think I was making it too complicated. Uh, it, it's really easy or something like that. And so I feel like I need to read, I, I need to spend more time marketing the, the template specific nature of Sculpin um, on the actual website so that when people get to it, they aren't trying to look for complicated solutions. They just need to just, just do twig templates. That's all it is. It's really simple, simple. Um, hmm. So that was a cool project. Uh, Kaleem Clarkson as K A L E E M C L A R K S O N.com um, was asking, I was asking about uh, category specific feeds. XML feeds. And this is something actually that a lot of people um, ask about as well. They want to have an RSS feed generator extension. Um, but that's something that I, I've, I've pushed back pretty hard as not wanting to add to Sculpin core. 
Um, XML files, as far as I'm concerned, are just another template. You know, whether it's uh, creating an index page that's HTML, or if you're creating an Atom feed that's XML, uh, Twig template does just fine. Um, because as soon as you start gener auto-generating things like feeds, people want to change what's in the feed. Uh, mm. For example, our website um, for that podcast.io, our feed had to have iTunes-specific tags. Um, you know, just little things like that where now this feed generator has to be smart enough to add the iTunes-specific tags when you could have just gone into an atom.xml template and moved it around, <laughs> you know, added yeah. the tags you wanted to inline. So I, I've, I feel like that that's the type of thing that would fit really well on Sculpin's blog is you know, my mindset behind these things. And so if someone comes and asks me, do you have an RSS feed generator for Sculpin? I can just link directly to this blog post that says why there isn't one. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, even be. especially when you can, you know, check if it's well-formed as part of a build process or something. Yeah. You know, yep. the template approach is fine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fine. Um, and I can't remember who posted this, but uh, kind of what both you and I have hinted at here and, especially with what I just said, um, uh, someone had posted a, an article that they'd written uh, at the beginning of 2014 that was um, not specifically trying to blog every day, but anytime you write, anytime you have to write something back to someone via email or Twitter or whatever, take the time to write it as a blog post instead so that you don't ever have to answer that question again. Mm. Um, so I, I, I've been mentally cataloging all of these things that keep coming up, um, that, that I spent, it takes time and energy to engage with these people every time it comes up. Um, uh, and I, I think people know this, you know, I think, you know, the knowledge bases and there's like all sorts of services out there for, for handling companies, you know, people ask these questions, send them to the knowledge base. Um, mm. but I'm learning this for myself that anytime someone asks me something, I, and I have to write out a custom answer for them. 90% of that custom answer is something that I've written, you know, two or two or three or a dozen times already. Yeah. Um, it would save me a lot of time and it would put that knowledge out there so that people could maybe find it before they have to ask for it, ask me for it. So, um, hmm. so uh, that was one of the things that I added to the Sculpin blog skeleton earlier this year was, um, I realized that it was it was really easy to make this change. That this the blog skeleton, you know, just instead of tag.html, I added a um, tag.xml file um, that now enables um, every blog uh, or every new clone of the Sculpin blog skeleton will have um, an XML feed created for both the um, both categories and tags. And it was really easy to add and. Now I don't even have to tell people about it. It's just there by default. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not even something that I have to, to necessarily write about, but people will still ask me from time to time. I'm sure how, why yeah. can't I just automatically generate the feed? So, um, yeah, so that was that project. Then, uh, then I mentioned, uh, Kayla Daniel earlier, uh, Kayla Daniel's, um, website is, uh, a Sculpin site as well. So if you want to check that out, uh, it's pretty cool. So those are the, the new Sculpin sites that, that I've found over the last little bit. Cool. Taking over the wild. Yeah, I think that's it for Sculpin for now. Um, let me see what else I got here. 
Uh, there's a couple of other just random podcast updates that I had. Go for it. Um, uh, we have someone in uh, that podcast on IRC, uh, Bolbo, B-O-L-B-O, uh, mm-hmm. mentioned that uh, while we were listening to while listening to episode 13, we were talking about uh, the JSON support in Postgres, um, and they linked to um, POM, P-O-M-M. It's an object model manager uh, mm. specifically for Postgres databases. Uh, so if anyone's interested in checking that out, uh, it's pom-project.org. Uh, so that could, could be kind of cool. Um, and uh, the, the person who uh, contributed the music to our podcast, intro and outro, uh, Grillo, uh, has released some new music. So uh, if you'd like the, the intro and outro music, uh, if you check out grillo.band, uh, Grillo, G-R-I-L-L-O dot bandcamp dot com. Uh, there should be two new EPs available that you can check out and listen to. I listened to them the other day and they were kind of fun. Uh, they, oh, they're cool. relatively short and I don't think there's uh, much in the way of vocals. So it could be kind of some good background music for people. Yeah. Um, uh, homework projects. Uh, we, for Rebecca's birthday, we went and cleared out our old storage unit. It's about 45 minutes from Madison. It used to be 15 minutes from where we live. Now it's 45 minutes from where we live. Um, and when we moved here, we had left just a couple of things in the storage unit. Um, turned out to be more than we remembered. Um, but we didn't We didn't need to bring it all. Um, but at the same time, we'd been paying for that storage unit for six months. Um, and had, we needed to get it out of there. Um, Unfortunately, our our place is already was already overflowing with boxes that hadn't been opened yet. Uh, so adding another dozen or two dozen boxes to our basement was really painful for a little while. Um, made it hard for me to actually move down here, uh, move around, and like to get to my desk and whatnot. But we've hmm. since cleaned it all out. We've done a pretty good job of that. Um, we we took maybe like two weekends worth of work. Uh, we got a couple of more shelves for the back, back, the back, back room behind me and, um, got more things on shelves and things are looking pretty nice. Um, and, uh, Beck actually has her painting area open now, so she can sit down and, and start painting again, which is pretty nice. Uh, we've had her area set up, but we haven't had a lot of room. Uh, the one thing that's difficult down here is the lighting. We have one little overhead light that's just pretty dim and kind of dingy, so it doesn't work well for her painting. Um, and since it's in the middle of the room, uh, anyone who's ever seen me on any of these video things knows that I have whiteboards all around me. Um, <laughs> since there's one light in the room, uh, anytime I walk up to the whiteboard, there's a shadow in front of me. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm always writing on a shadow and it just drives me crazy. Uh, so, uh, I know you've talked about some do it yourself stuff. Um, mm. I'm going to, uh, attempt to put up, uh, some track lighting so that I can uh, get some lights in different locations and so that I can shine it in different places. So that that's going to be an interesting experience because this basement is kind of weird. Uh, the, the roof or the ceiling, I don't know what's up there. Uh, it looks like it's a drop ceiling, but there isn't any good place to anchor any sort of tracks. So I don't know. I'm hoping I don't wreck the ceiling. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I'm trying to. I'm going to try and do this as low impact as possible. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that the next time we talk, 
uh, I'll be able to say that I, I have some track lights up and that it's easier for, for her to see when she's painting and for me not to always be basically drawing inside a shadow every time I want to do something on the whiteboard. Oh, good. Well, good luck. I'm, I'm uh, in the middle of some DIY now. I mean, you know, I talked about the shower previously, so mm-hmm. for all, I actually got the plumbing fixed. Um, because I put a new shower valve on, it kind of exposed some horrible tiling that the, the builders who built the house uh, had done. Uh, so we kind of planned to uh, retile the shower at some point. Uh, so last weekend I started ripping down tiles, uh, which isn't too difficult a job. It's obviously quite messy. Um, and I did it without gloves and regretted that. I actually, mm-hmm. I actually went to the uh, to, to B&Q, which is a sort of DIY store. Mm-hmm. And... This is, you know, because I've done this budget thing, I have a, I have a, a certain amount of money I'm allowed to spend for household maintenance throughout the month. And I needed um, some rubble sacks to put the tiles in. And I also needed a like a, a small crowbar. So I have a decent-sized crowbar, but it's, you know, it's for doing stuff outside, not really for getting tiles off walls. Uh, so I picked one of those up and I saw some gloves and I thought, oh, should I get some gloves to save my hands? And I thought, no, Dave, come on, I'm trying to do this budget thing. <laughs> Came back and of course the tiles are ceramic tiles and when they crack and split, they, they form very sharp edges and have, my hands were covered in tiny little cuts. Nothing oh. too serious, you know, nothing that and yeah. I didn't even need to stop to deal with the bleeding or anything, but for days afterwards any kind of knock and they'd start bleeding a little bit or if I got salt on my hands when I was cooking and things like that uh, but yeah I'm about three quarters of the way done getting the tiles off uh, I'm going to need to put some more uh, plasterboard up uh, or drywall I think you call it uh, yeah. but yeah I've made some progress on that so happy days yeah we went to we went to Home Depot last night and uh, it sounds like a similar sort of thing to what, what you've been at and both Beck and I mentioned that we miss Home Depot. Um, we used to live in um, Seattle and went to Home Depot all the time. That was kind of like mm. our go-to place uh, to go get things. Um, but uh, since we moved to North Dakota, uh, we've been going to Menards, which Menards never really felt right to me and I didn't know why. <laughs> um, and uh, going back last, going back to Home Depot last night, suddenly I remembered why I liked Home Depot so much more. It was very very much more uh like builder friendly like it was like this is where you go to get your your tools and supplies and there's yeah. no frills no like it was all very awesome uh they 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 have saws there so you can actually cut the wood to the, like specific pieces if you need to or specific sizes um yep it was all really really nice whereas menards is more uh it, beck beck sort of described it as more like a target <laughs> like right. a like more just a simple simple place where you could go that's more uh approachable by like normal people i guess um but i've 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 just found that any of the projects that i've tried to do since since i haven't been going to a home depot have just been seem more complicated for some reason like everything i can't find exactly what i want or you know i'll have to end up taking the the stuff home and cut it myself which i'm i'm horrible at because i don't have i don't have commercial grade tools so i what i can do at home is very limited no Um, totally get that so Luke is um, downstairs now, and he just he's taken to sitting underneath my desk and right. doing things down there. And um, he has this cool toy sword he got, uh, which he was just pushing through uh, my legs up to my my neck. So, hey, bud, how you doing? <laughs> Can you say hi? <laughs> Can you say hi. Hi. 
<laughs> Hi, Luke. How are you doing? How are you doing, buddy? Good. Good, yeah. Oh, good. You I can see your hair, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll push it down a little bit. No, um, no, just Luke will have to grow a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll just have to grow up a little more. When's your birthday? January 28th. Yeah, his birthday's oh, coming wow. up. His birthday's January 28th. So. Exciting. I'm going to keep talking to, to Dave, okay? Okay, bye, buddy. Bye, yeah. buddy. My eggies are gone. <laughs> yeah, so. Duck actually brought me down some eggs earlier, and those are getting getting kind of cool. So he, he just looked at those and said, I had my eggs earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that we went to Home Depot last night. It was pretty awesome. And we got, we got, uh, a couple of things and they cut us cut, cut some things down for us just right there and it was so much easier than having to try and bring it home and absolutely so so i i might have to make an, an effort to go to home depot more often when i need things instead of going to menards we have a menards like i don't know it seems like there's a dozen of them in madison so there's always one within like a couple of blocks uh so we we actually live like less than two minutes away from That's a menards here. Oh. yeah you can go go show that with mommy I I might be sending him upstairs to mommy now. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. Well, I mean, I've got to go soon anyway, so... Uh, okay. All right, yeah. Um, anything else you want to cover? Um, no, I think I'm good. Actually, you know what? Yeah, one more thing. Um, SSL certificates, uh, I think we mentioned, let's... Uh, what was that? Webs- uh, one of the websites with the, the upcoming free SSL certificates. Was it Let's Encrypt? Yeah, Let's Encrypt. Um, um, so th- th- I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Bo.io just came up for, uh, renewal. So I, I had to buy a new SSL, SSL certificate for Bo.io and man, that's a pain. Every time I do that, it feels like I'm starting over from scratch and it's not, mm. it's not something that you're supposed to put into your, uh, provisioning scripts anyway. Like you're not supposed to put certificates in. So yeah. I've been trying to do that and do it manually by hand every time. And wow, it was just kind of a pain. Um, but yeah. one of the things I wanted to mention was um, uh, so, so a tool that I've been using to verify my certificates are installed correctly is an uh, uh, SSL analyzer. Um, the one that I use is SSLlabs.com. So right. I'll put that in the links. Um, it's probably the one that everyone uses, but I thought it'd be worthwhile. Um, and when I tested Bo.io, uh, came back with a fail, like an F, straight up F. And I, it wasn't because the certificate wasn't installed correctly. It was because um, I had Nginx set up wrong. Um, right. Like since the last time I had run it, there was like some new vulnerabilities, probably multiple vulner- vulnerabilities that uh needed to be uh addressed so um trying to figure that out i knew i'd already i thought i was already using the best practices one and i looked at mm. the the stuff that i had and i'm like i don't even know why why it's enabled given these settings so um i did a, a quick search and i found a pretty cool site it's a uh, cipher list uh, c-i-p-h-e-r-l-i.st um right. and it has uh what looks to be or what it claims to be like the best uh, configuration settings for um, uh, uh, Apache, Nginx, and LightHDB. So if you go that there, right very at, useful. Yeah, right at the top, it just says, here's what you need. Um, so I, I, I copied and pasted those, put them in, and then I think I'm an A minus now. There was, there was some other weird issue. Uh, I think it was something to do with uh, an anchor 
certificate or something. But I think right. I created the certificate correctly. But just because, you know, the from the last time I got my certificate from DN Simple, uh, last time it was Rapid SSL, this time it had switched to Komodo. Um, mm. And um, I don't know, there were actually like four certificates together that were in the bundle. Um, yeah. So I think one of those certificates, I think, just triggered this extra little flag that's like, it's got this thing in there. So anyway, I'm looking forward to Let's Encrypt because I'm hoping that'll streamline my process and Every time I go get a Let's Encrypt certificate, hopefully it's the same, because having to relearn how to build a certificate bundle every time, it's just kind of a pain. Yeah, it's, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I think I think I can be done with that. I, I went through that just like two days ago, so I, uh, it's fresh on my mind. I want to make sure I share that knowledge. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. So... Um... I mentioned earlier the, the habits I've formed. I'm just going to reiterate them. So uh, mm. drinking more than a litre of water a day, 50 press-ups a day, and a 1,000 words a week. I will give you updates to those on the next episode of that podcast. It needs, nice. needs some public accountability. Yeah. I, I uh, don't have a list to summarize. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, well, I'm here, so I'll make sure you... Uh... Yeah, well, yeah, so maybe maybe we'll say uh, two more blog posts will be written uh, by the next time we... Yeah, talk. awesome. Cool. Yeah, well, thanks, everyone. All right, thank you very much. I, I'll call this one a wrap. You've been listening to that podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox like the music you can thank gorillo for allowing us to sample the track dust kingdom for our intro and outro you can find dust kingdom and other tracks by gorillo at grillo.bandcamp.com spelled g-r-i-l-l-o